0: Welcome to Exodus California. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, and my husband, Paul, will be your co-host as we share our story about how we left California and made our home in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Exodus California is a podcast for Californians who've had enough and are getting ready to pull the trigger and make that move out of a state they once loved. Some of you may be thinking of moving to Arizona or Idaho. Many more of you will land in Texas or even Nevada. But for those of you thinking about Tennessee, this podcast is where you'll discover lots of valuable information on just how to make that move. There's a mass exodus out of the Golden State happening today. The beautiful Western state was once a coveted destination for millions of families who moved there because they wanted better opportunities, better weather, and the freedom to enjoy both. But sadly, California is not the same today. I'm a third generation Californian and I completely understand all the reasons you fell in love with California, but I also understand all the reasons you're thinking about leaving her now. On our show, we'll talk about all those questions you have about moving to Tennessee, things like taxes, real estate prices, churches, public schools, crime rates, tornadoes, and yes, we'll even talk about the one thing that scares a Californian most of all, humidity. Once we moved our family to Tennessee, our company has not stopped and we seriously love it. We just love having people here. We've shown so much real estate and so many have fallen in love with the state we moved to. I'm telling you, the word is out, many have moved here and we don't just talk to our family, we talk to friends and friends of friends and even strangers on a weekly basis. People who wanna know all the details about how we did what we did when we moved to Tennessee with no friends waiting, no family here to help us, and no job on the horizon, and honestly, it was the best decision we have ever made. We pray this podcast encourages you, answers some questions, and gives you the help you need to start planning your very own exodus from California. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Our episode today is Tennessee May Not Be For You If. And we're going to share those ifs and what those reasons are in just a couple minutes. But first, I wanted to introduce you to my co-host and best friend, Paul Kraft.
1: Hey, thanks, Joanne. And hello, everybody. Good to be here.
0: And before we get started sharing those things, I wanted to thank you very much for emailing us and I wanted to ask if you would like us on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you can share our podcast—that would mean so much to us. I know Facebook has a lot of uh, groups that many of you are on. I can't share all those things. I can't share all our episodes over and over again, but you can, and it would mean so much to us if you would share our podcast with your friends, family, and social media.
1: Well, we're we're very appreciative for uh, all of our listeners. We appreciate. All the downloads, there's only uh, two things I can figure as to why you continue to listen. One is that you assume this voice is attached to some Roman godlike character, or you assume that Ray Romano is doing a podcast as Paul Kraft. One of the two, but either way, we really thank you for listening. Should
0: we tell them the... Uh, I mean, Ray Romano is who people think you sound like. You aren't Ray Romano. But how about the actor? We should have, like, a giveaway. Like, the, the person who... Uh, can guess which actor you look like. I mean, maybe we should have like some free free cup of coffee when they come to Tennessee.
1: Yeah, but there's one option. You can't guess Tom Cruise. Too many people say that Tom Cruise looks like me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. So I just want to thank you for being a part of the podcast, Paul. You make it very fun. And um, okay, let's just be honest. You, you're very difficult. And every time I go to sit down to hit the record button, Um, it's very frustrating. So why is that? Why is it so frustrating to get you to actually record ever?
1: Um, Because I think these podcasts should be about 10 seconds long. Like when, for example, we have a podcast we're going to do about HOAs. I'll give it to you right now. HOAs, yes, we have them. They're in some neighborhoods. They're not in other neighborhoods. Some are expensive. Some are cheap. If you don't want HOAs, live on acreage.
0: There you go. There you go. And that's why I love you because you're a man of few words. Over and over. That's really good. Okay, so uh, Tennessee may not be for you. If wait, wait, stop. Before we actually say why, I need to ask the listeners that are listening right now. Please email questions. Email questions into moving to Tennessee at gmail Moving to Tennessee at gmail and we will answer them. Even if, even if we've said the answer already, because that's why you don't do other podcasts because you think we've already said it.
1: Well, and. The podcast we're doing now actually came from an email that we got from a listener the idea for this podcast because this listener emailed with some very uh, well thought out and and legitimate concerns that they wanted addressed about hey is Tennessee going to be a good fit for me given my beliefs and my values and the conversation I had back and forth with this listener was very much along the lines of well here's here's the concern they expressed and here's my response to that concern and that's kind of what prompted the idea for this podcast touch on some of those topics
0: and that's why we're here right now. That actually, I need to thank that listener. That is why you're sitting here actually recording another podcast. So, thank you, sweet listener who asked questions. Actually, that, that and you guys had a very good conversation. Yeah. Being on completely two sides of the uh, discussion, yep. which was fantastic. Did you yeah. want to share what the question was? Nope. Let's oh. just move on. Okay. So, Tennessee may not be for you if number one reason Tennessee may not be for you if I put God. And what do I mean by God?
1: Well, if you are uh, the type of person who uh, is uh, very much uh, opposed to uh, religious influence in society, if you are the type of person who feels uncomfortable being around uh, that type of influence in society, then um, Tennessee may make you feel uncomfortable. There are some people who are uncomfortable with the question of, where do you go to church? even though i have never encountered or heard of any encounters where that question is presented hostily but here in the south church is such a part of the culture that in california you know it's it's like saying well you know where do you like to travel to or where do you work or what are some of your hobbies uh where do you like to get your favorite latte from and so here it's just it's that what do you do for a living where do you go to church now some people They find that to be a very uncomfortable or sometimes judgmental question, because if they say, well, I don't go to church, I'm an atheist or I'm agnostic, they feel that question is is hostile towards them. And it's not at all intended to be that way. It is just conversational. But if you are the type of person that that would make you feel uncomfortable, make you feel like you're being judged all the time, um, then Tennessee may not be a good fit for you.
0: I have a friend here and she moved here from Colorado and she said the social questions when she moved here went as followed the first the question that was asked first usually was what neighborhood do you live in second where do you go to church and third where do you work and it was surprising to her first the very neighborhood centric community centric uh, culture with people around here second what you know, where do you go to church? And like you said, you know, Tennessee may not be for you if you're offended by that question. And then third, where do you work? Where usually in California, what do you do for a living is most often that is the first question.
1: Well and also too, it is that the religion aspects do permeate into the workplace. So while you're not going to, you know, be be cornered by your your coworker and forced to read the Bible, but you will find that uh, in the workplace cafeteria, you may come into work early and there's a group of people doing a Bible study. Uh, people in their cubicles will have biblical verses, and there may be a Bible sitting on the counter uh, of their of their desk. And if those are things that make you feel uncomfortable uh, or or make you feel like you're in a hostile environment, then tendency may not be right for you. However, what you won't find is you're not going to be necessarily confronted or harassed if you do say i'm atheist or agnostic so one of the things i like to say is in tennessee you're free to be uh, an agnostic person and engage in in work at your employer's place of business without facing a meeting with hr in california you are not free to be a Christian conservative and put a Bible on your desk without likely being called into HR. So, again, I don't think that there's any hostility here towards people that aren't religious. But if you're the type of person that, that feels hostility being just around religion, then you're going to feel that in Tennessee. Okay,
0: so that would be number one. And not really number one because it's most problematic, but number one just because why?
1: Well, and you're also going to find, too, that you know even if your family doesn't go to church uh, and, and is agnostic or atheist, that you're going to find that your kids are going to be around that type of environment. So, for example, on Wednesday nights, a lot of your kids' friends are going to church church youth group, and your kids may be invited. And if you don't want them to be in a religious environment for any number of reasons, that can be hard on the kids to go, well, gee, all my friends are going, and now your, your child can't go. And eventually what may happen is your kids' friends learn that they aren't allowed to go to church functions, so they just stop inviting your kid altogether, not because they don't want to be around your, your child, but because they don't want to put your child in the uncomfortable position of having to say no. Um, you know, same thing on Sundays. You know, all of your uh, kids' friends are going to church, and your, your kid's getting invited to church a lot. Because they want to hang out with your child, and that's where the hangouts happen. So you may find that, you know, that's another aspect of being in a more religious environment is that a lot of the social functions take place either around church or at churches.
0: I would just say church is another layer that goes with the social relationships. Like if your kid, I don't want parents to think if they don't go to church that their kids aren't going to be included. Because what what I see happening is, you know, your son plays soccer and on the soccer team, he's a part of the soccer team. He's friends with all the kids on the team. That's how he has his friends. That next layer of friendship that goes deeper on that soccer team might be that they go to school together. Well, then that deeper layer might be that they also go to church together. So it really is kind of a layer thing to me.
1: Well, it's also one of the things too, where it's something that you know, the kids are involved in. So just like if the kids are going to a movie on Saturday night, they'll invite your kid to go see the show with them. Likewise, if they're going to youth group on Wednesday, they'll invite your kid to go to youth group with them on Wednesday. And so it's just part of, you know, what, what kids do around here. And so they want to invite their friends to join with them in that endeavor.
0: So second, and we have three here today. The second thing here, Tennessee may not be for you if, wait, wait, before we say the second thing. You need to share in the email. You didn't, I don't think you said to the person, Tennessee may not be for them. Did you say that? How did you say that? Because, well, you have to be kind of clear about what they asked. They're disappointed in California. They're very disappointed, like so many, except they were very clear about not disagreeing with what California, how they got there. Is that right? You got to be clear about what the the issue was
1: basically the position they were coming from was look we know that california is a mess we know that california is probably not going to turn around anytime soon but we still have a lot of the same beliefs that people would associate with california so the person i mean it's clear
0: tennessee is a conservative state period it's very clear it is. And if you have a liberal disposition and you're leaving California for a conservative state, it would be the same as...
1: One of the things I say is, if you're as liberal as I am conservative, then you're going to be just as unhappy in Tennessee as I was in California. So As, as unhappy as you were in California nine years ago. Nine years ago, <laughs> right. But the difference, though, is that as a conservative in California... I'm not really free to live out my beliefs because of all the California rules and regulations that are in place that limit what I can do. Whereas in Tennessee, you're free to live out your liberal beliefs, um, and you're free to advocate for those, and you're free to live those out if you wish to, but without the government interference that comes from California. So that's kind of how I sum that up.
0: And so... With that said, we sell real estate to Californians who are uh, making the mass exodus right now. And if you're interested in having us sell you your new home in Tennessee, email us at movingtotennessee at gmail.com. That's movingtotennessee at gmail.com. They could ask you questions all day long.
1: Well, and the other thing, too, one of the things that we said in our first podcast, and I won't make you go back and listen to it, but one of the things we've, we've said over and over is we wanna help you make the right decision for you and your family. And sometimes that decision is, no, your your best option is to stay in California or to look at a different state besides Tennessee because the last thing we want is for somebody to move here and go, why didn't you tell us about church or some of the other things we're gonna talk about today? Why didn't you you know advise us of that? So our job is not to get everybody to move to Tennessee. Our job is to educate people about what the realities of that is. Likewise, if somebody who's gonna to move to California, I would give them the same, you know, reality check uh, about what California is really about. And maybe it's a, not a good fit for you. If somebody is a hardcore conservative Trump supporter, wants to have their Second Amendment rights, doesn't want big government regulations, I would say California's not the place for you. However, if you want to surf and you can afford to live in the expensive areas and you like Big government, and you think that those policies are great, then Tennessee's a, or California's a great fit for you. So it's not about convincing people to move to Tennessee; it's about educating them so they can make the right choices.
0: Okay, and before we give number two, this message I want to share to those moms with adult kids who don't want to leave their kids are loving California but they know that California is a train wreck right now and I just want to encourage you don't try and convince them because they won't be happy here but seeing you happy you'll be a better version of yourself because you'll be a hundred times happier than you are there and and the grandkids they could fly or you can bring them back here and and at least there's some hope for your family seeing the light eventually but trying to wait until you convince everybody I don't think that's a great
1: plan. Well, and part of it too is that people assume that, well, gee, you know, you're moving to the, the to Tennessee and oh my gosh, how how can you do that? How can you even function and survive in, in a society that's run like Tennessee with a part-time legislature and, and government that's not micromanaging every aspect of your life? It must be just anarchy there. And then all of a sudden you move here and your kids come out to visit and they go, actually, no, the sun shines here in Tennessee, just like in California. And the roads here are actually better than in California. And no, it's not anarchy. And actually, people are kind of polite here, uh, and they realize that actually it does function quite well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, don't try. And, we're not trying to convince anybody to move here uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And you shouldn't be
0: either. That's no. the point we're making.
1: Nope. So, second,
0: thank you for that segue, dear. The second so I uh, that was your segue, not mine. was that my segue? Tennessee may not be for you if you like big government. And that's our segue to number two is government. First was God. Second is government. And in Tennessee, we don't have a full-time legislature.
1: Right. We have a part-time legislature um, that meets part-time. I believe we talked about this in podcast number two. No, wait.
0: I have to tell you, I have to admit, I looked for that podcast and I couldn't find it. So that one is gone. And so you can share a little bit more right here. Just here's your chance. There
1: goes my Academy Award for podcasting. (laughs) Um, All right, well, California has a full-time legislature, or Tennessee has a part-time legislature. Don't quote me on these numbers. I don't have them in front of me because it was on the last episode of our podcast, but California legislatures, I think they make north of $100,000 a year. A Tennessee legislator makes about $20,000 a year. Um, So if you are making over $100,000 a year as a California legislator legislator, and you are in session full-time, then... You have nothing to do except make laws. Your whole job is to come up with laws. And if you aren't coming up with laws, then you're not doing your job. And because you're in the legislature, the laws you pass don't have to apply to you. So for example, some of you may not know this, but back when you were standing in three, four hour lines at DMV to get your registration, your driver's license done, in the state capital in California, there was a special DMV just for legislators because why should they have to stand in line with the rest of you serfs when they can just go to their own special dmv and get done quicker because why they're more important than you are so california legislature is full-time and they don't really have to live with the laws they pass so for example ab5 that came out that was the independent contractor law well guess who doesn't have to comply with that the state legislature because they don't really hire independent contractors. They aren't running a beauty salon or a ride-sharing service. So they don't have to live with that law. However, in Tennessee, because we have a part-time legislature, they come into session, they take care of business, and nobody can live off of the salary that they get paid. So every single one of them has to do something else. And so whatever laws they pass in Nashville, they then have to leave Nashville and live with. And so you don't get a separate society, one with legislatures that have special DMVs and special offices and they can separate themselves from the unwashed masses, uh, whereas here once they're done legislating they've got to go to work. And the part that would really
0: tick me off as a woman in California is watching uh, certain women they're getting their
1: hair done so, that, and that's enough for me. So for example you've got Gavin Newsom who has passed all these very restrictive rules about who can operate. But you know what's not subject to those rules as the Sacramento Bee reported? His winery. So if you own a winery, you've gotta shut down. But his winery gets to stay open. Uh, He moves up to El Dorado County, which is not as restrictive as Sacramento County. So he moves out from underneath the very restrictions that they've passed. And his kids have more freedom to go to school than most other kids do.
0: So let's talk a little bit about government and, and what that looks like here. So for the average Californian who wants to say, hey, what does a small government look like? What does that look like? Because all I know is what I see here. And so what would, how would it look differently if it were small government like what you're living under in Tennessee?
1: Well, one of the ways it looks differently is there's much more local control here. So yes, we have a governor, just like California has a governor. Whereas in California, Governor Newsom is making decisions that affect the entire state. So, if you live in Redding, you're under the same regulations as somebody who lives in Los Angeles. Two very different communities with very different needs and very different demographics. So what works in LA may not work in Redding. And what works in San Diego may not be what's good for South Lake Tahoe. But that doesn't matter. You have one person making all those decisions. What they've done here in Tennessee is this. Our governor has imposed a state of emergency just like California has, but he's turned it over to the local mayors of the respective counties to Wait, make you that didn't decision. say what
0: it's for though, COVID. Because I know you assume but we don't assumed. I don't know I don't know when people are listening to this. So as far as COVID goes, here's what our government looks like.
1: Yeah, so they the governor issued a state of emergency that allows them to put restrictions in place. But Governor Lee has not put any restrictions in place. What he's done is said the mayors are free to set whatever they feel is necessary in order to combat COVID in the way that they think is best. So for example, Davidson County, very strong on lockdowns, very strong on masks. Williamson County, no lockdowns, no business closures, but a mask requirement. Rutherford County, very open. Murray County, very open. And so each county got to make their own decisions because what works in Murray County may not be what works in Davidson County. And so the county mayors are able to make that decision. The other reason why it's important is this. You are much more likely to get an audience with your local mayor or council person than you are with the governor. So for example, if I don't like what the mayor of Williamson County is doing, I have a far greater opportunity to get a meeting with that mayor and sit down and express my views with, with him or her, or be able to send them an email and get a response back. Whereas, because Governor Newsom's making all these decisions, go ahead and call the governor's office and say you would like to arrange a time to meet with Governor Newsom. It's not gonna happen. But just as an experiment, call your local mayor or somebody on your local board of supervisors You live in a county, and say, I'd like to set up a time to meet with you. I'd be willing to bet you you're able to get a meeting with that Particular individual. If you live in a small, uh, smaller county or community, so that's how the government looks different from California to Tennessee. And in
0: when you said in Murray County, let's just use them for an example with COVID. Uh, what they what they did is they don't mandate. They say please be respectful. Please respect one another, but they're not going to mandate anything. Now that doesn't mean that the businesses out here, the the big grocery stores, actually they're not they're not mandating masks either.
1: No, here's what I people mean, so are
0: back to business like as usual here.
1: Pretty close, and, and here's what in the Murray Mar- County,
0: not in Davidson or Franklin or and, Williamson.
1: And here's what the mayor of Murray County said, which if you're looking at Murray County, is where Columbia is. Uh, the mayor of Murray County basically said this: Here's what we know about how COVID spreads, about its impact, about its dangers. These this is what we know now you're an adult. Make a responsible decision as a responsible American and act accordingly. But I, as the governor, do not have the ability to tell you as a child what you should be doing. That's not my power under our American system of government. If you want dictatorship, if you want totalitarianism, there are plenty of governments you can go live under. Here we've chosen freedom and with freedom that comes certain risks and That's what we've chosen. So as the mayor, I don't have the authority to order you as another adult to do something because I think it should be done.
0: Well, I don't want to give our listeners false belief that everything is open and free because in Williamson County and in Davidson County, that's just two I'm going to bring up. I think there's a total of six counties, actually, that are mandating masks, Mm -hmm. that the students have been mandated to wear them. And that's very, that's, that's a very real thing here. So I don't want Cal, now for the most part, Californians aren't even back to school at all. So we're back to school, but in certain counties, it's not completely
1: unmasked. But again, it's, it's being made at the local level. So our governor, Governor Bill Lee is not deciding what Williamson County schools should do or Murray County schools or Rutherford County schools. The people in that county can make that decision because you know what? The the mayor of Rutherford County loves the citizens of Rutherford County just as much as Bill Lee does. Uh, and so who's who's in a better position to make that decision? The local mayor who is in contact with the local citizenry. I'll tell you the
0: difference here than in California is just the rallies, the unmasked rallies and things you're seeing here. Now, I know those are happening in California to some degree, but it's, it's happened here very quickly. So I'm just hoping that Uh, we see some things come from that. Tennessee may not be for you if, when we shared our first if about church, second about small government, and third would be guns. Uh, I've received numerous emails. And by the way, we read every single one of your emails, every single one. So Thank you for the encouragement and for the questions. Keep them coming because I want to get Paul to do another another podcast episode. I may make them up of just all your questions, so ask away. But first would be church, second, small government, and third, Tennessee may not be for you if and I put in quotes, guns. A few of the emails I received were from people who said, and then I sometimes I'll follow up with a phone call just to talk to people because they're very serious about moving out here and hiring us to to be their real estate company to help them get here. I wanna talk to them and numerous times we've talked and one of the concerns uh, was guns and that's numerous times. So how would you talk to a Californian, Paul, and say, hey, you know what, Tennessee may not be for you
1: if... Well, again, I kind of fall back on my, it's not wrong, it's just different. So there's just different philosophies about gun ownership. So here, Tennessee is very pro-Second Amendment. We have a very broad reading of the Second Amendment. So when the Second Amendment says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, that means that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And so... Tennessee takes a viewpoint that you have a right to a firearm unless you've done something to give that right away. So, for example, if you're a convicted felon, no, you don't get a firearm, but you did something to give that right away. Uh, Tennessee is a shall issue state. So, in other words, if you qualify for a concealed carry permit, Tennessee must give you one. You don't need to provide a good reason why. So, in other words, you don't need to convince the government why you have a right to your Second Amendment uh, freedoms. Just like you have to convince the government that you have a right to free speech or the right to an attorney or the right uh, to uh, not uh, self-incriminate yourself. I mean, think about this. If we flip it, you get arrested and you tell the the police officer I want an attorney and the cop says we have to give me a good reason first. And if you don't give the officer a good enough reason then you don't get an attorney. But we deal with the second amendment, I want a gun. Well, do you have a good reason? Again, why do we have to convince the government we have a reason? To exercise our second amendment rights,
0: I like it better when you use the argument of: Do you have to wait ten days for f- freedom of speech? Well, that's, that's even better to me.
1: One, well, that's kind of what I was going to get to. Is you know, once we have a very expansive reading of that. So the other thing that leads to is there's no waiting period here. Uh, they do do a background check, but it's instantaneous. You fill out the paperwork, the guy runs it, takes fifteen minutes. If you qualify, you walk out of the store with your gun that day. You don't have to wait for ten days. Uh, same thing. We don't have a limit on how many guns you can purchase. You want to purchase two, three, five? You can purchase as many as you want. And again, to use the First Amendment as kind of a, a corollary example. Um, so the, the corollary is, you know, similar to what I talked about before, where you get arrested and you say you want an attorney and the officer tells you, well, you have to wait 10 days. So we'll get you an attorney in 10 days. So for now, just sit in your jail cell for 10 days. And then after the 10 day waiting period, uh, we'll, we'll let you have an attorney. Um, So Tennessee doesn't have those restrictions in place. Just about anybody that you meet that's been in Tennessee for any amount of time will likely have a concealed carry permit.
0: I need to share the story because when I first moved here, I went to coffee with this elderly lady. I mean, the sweetest grandma type of lady. We went to coffee, and I am very pro-Second Amendment. My my father was in the Marine Corps, spent many years in the U.S., Marine Corps, Uh, we have a police background, but I still wasn't around a lot of guns in California, just not a lot of handguns, even with our police background. And so I go to coffee with this elderly, sweet elderly woman, and we're at the coffee shop, and we're talking, and for whatever reason, guns came up. And I said, oh, I said, so a lot of people here have concealed carry licenses. She said, dear, she goes, every single person in here probably has one. I said, really? And she said, yes. She goes, I've got one in my purse right now. And I guess I had just this incredulous look on my face because she tapped my leg and she said, oh, Joanne, you're just California detoxing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that does go to kind of a point of how, you know, you're, you're raised in California, and I was subject to the same thing, that you're kind of raised that the only people who have guns are bad guys. So therefore, if you want a gun or have a gun, you must be a bad guy. Whereas in Tennessee, it's more along this lines because bad guys have guns, I want one for my protection as well. And so it's just a different mentality. I am not afraid to be out here.
0: I do hear things that are going up for a vote. You know, even at one point, weren't they trying to have teachers that they could be armed out here?
1: Uh, not so much they could be armed. That's a little bit to give them the the option to you know, have firearms, and, and it passed, and so now it's kind of up to the local school boards. But yeah, you just you're going to have more expansive freedoms here uh, for guns. If you go into any major group setting where there's say 100 people, probably at least 10 to 20 percent of them are going to be armed at that time. No matter what setting you're in, it's Walmart, church you know any kind of public gathering uh, you know where there's you know no metal detectors for example like you go to the Titans game they've got metal detectors so there's not going to be any guns at you movie know the a Titan game but yeah at a movie theater they don't scan for for guns there so you're probably looking at 10% of the 10-20% of the people being armed and probably 50 to 75 percent of them having the right to be armed but just choosing not to.
0: I think the media propagates this yahoo mentality that the south is full of all of these guys on these 4x4 trucks with the gun rack in back and the confederate flag and they're a bunch of yahoo fools and that is I, I don't run into those people out here and, and as much as there are guns out here Everybody at that coffee shop. I didn't see one gun. I didn't see one.
1: Well, and what is a little weird, though, is you will see more open carry here than you do in California. Absolutely, you will see. You will go to the gas station, and the guy pumping next to you will have a gun on his hip, and and it will uh, be exposed, and you'll clearly see it there. For some people, that's very uncomfortable, and that's very off-putting. And again, if if that's you, then maybe Tennessee is not going to be the right environment for you to feel comfortable in.
0: And here the schools, now the kids don't bring handguns to school, that's not a legal thing, but they do have uh, the shooting, uh, the, what is that called? Trap shooting. Trap shooting. Clay pigeons. Clay pigeons, yeah. And so that's a thing. Mm -hmm. The kids
1: here can and they have ROTC in most of the schools out here. One of the things you're going to find though is that gun ownership is much more socially acceptable here. and. There's almost it's almost flipped. Like whereas in California, if you say I'd like to get a concealed carry permit, the question is kind of people kind of look at you weird and go, Well, why? Whereas here, if you say I don't have a concealed carry permit, it's like they look at you weird and go, Why not? And why wouldn't you have that? So again, it's just it's just kind of the culture out here. It's not wrong. It's just different. And uh, and so if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, then Tennessee may not be the right fit for you.
0: Do you know what story I want to share? I don't. Okay, you said that story like you knew which one—the one I was going to share about when someone we love from California. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you but, want to, Are you okay yeah, with that? Sure, okay.
0: Yeah. So my husband was traveling, and we had company staying with us from California. Uh, someone that we love.
1: He's very anti-gun.
0: Very anti-gun. Who would not be happy in Tennessee? No. At all. But I also think drinks the cooler. Anyway, okay, whatever. Okay, blah blah blah. So we're in the backyard on the deck and we are, just the evening's coming to a close. It's a summer night, so we're watching fireflies, and we have a ranch that backs up to our house. Um, At the time, there was a lot of cattle. Sometimes you'd hear coyotes. Anyway, my husband is out of town, and we're on the back deck, and all of a sudden, we hear gunshots, gunfire. And they bolt into the house. I mean, they're scared to death, I mean, definitely. So we go inside, and they want me to call 911, and I said, you know, I think I'm gonna call Paul real quick. I call Paul and I say, hey, uh, guess what? So the rancher must be uh, killing coyotes or something out there because there was a some gunfire. And he said, and he knows these people too and loves them very much where we get along very well. And he said, put me on speakerphone. So I put him on speakerphone and he said, what just happened? And the person said, hey, there's gunshots out here in the back of your house. And Paul said, that is the sound of freedom. That's what he said, that's the sound of freedom. True story. Yeah, we weren't afraid, and I'm not afraid about that. I was never afraid that the rancher was gonna, no. and, and it was very rare, you know, but you know, it's just a culture and, and I, I have yet to hear of any kids playing with, I'm, I'm not hearing these stories, you know, like Californians would think they're happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the the, the notion is that you know, you go into somebody's house and everybody's got you know a gun sitting on their coffee table in a bowl the way they they might have peanuts, um, and that's not the case. And so you know, most gun owners out here, the vast, vast, vast majority, are very responsible, uh, and they they take care of uh, their firearms. But again, it's it is part of the culture, and if if you're the type of person that being in that culture makes you feel uncomfortable. If sitting in a movie theater with 100 people, knowing that 10 of them are probably armed, uh, makes you uncomfortable, that's that's not a fun place to live, being uncomfortable like that. And so therefore, Tennessee may not be for you. It's more than 10 too, by the way. And
0: I, I, I would also tell our listeners... For those of you, and we talked about HOAs earlier, about how most areas have HOAs. This is totally an aside that really doesn't have a lot to do, but it kind of, I'll tie it in. HOAs are a thing out here. And for those of you who email me parameters and you want to be on a MLS listing, but you don't want to pay for HOA fees, good luck because they're that's just a thing out here. And they're not as expensive as California. They don't seem to go up with the same intensity that California does, but it is to try and be outside of an HOA neighborhood. You'd have to be on acreage. And here's my tie-in. And if you're on acreage, yes, people, you'll hear people target shooting or you'll hear that out on acreage. Yep. And is there anything that we can tell our listeners?
1: So they'd pick us for their real estate endeavors. If you're coming from California, again, what makes us unique is we're basically both born and bred Californians. We, we left in our 40s, so we had a good, you know, 30-plus years in California. Uh, all of our adult life was spent in California. Uh, so we, we kind of understand some of those concerns. We understand the culture and the environment that Californians grew up in and some of the, you know, concerns they have about their viewpoint of the South and having lived now in tennessee for about eight years we can i think speak the same language so i would equate it to if you're going over to spain uh, you would much rather meet up with somebody that speaks english and spanish so that you'll be able to better understand the spain culture and have somebody explain it to you in a language you understand, I think the same is true here. We speak Californianese, and so we can kind of translate some of those things.
0: Yep, and we speak Tennessean now, too. And I just have to correct you. I've been a Californian all my life, just...
1: Yes, but I haven't. And so okay, well, you to... you
0: lump me into your unwashed masses. of yeah,
1: but everything I said was true. Yeah,
0: I've been a Californian from beginning until 44, and... And I still love her. Yes, he does. And this is the best decision we have ever made to pick up our family and move 2,300 miles away to Tennessee. Thanks for listening to Exodus California. We are so grateful for listeners like you. Show us your appreciation and subscribe and share this podcast with all your friends. If you'd like to receive personalized real estate listings, email us at movingtotennessee at gmail.com. That's movingtotennessee at gmail.com, and let us help you make Tennessee home. Why can't we say liberal? I don't get it. Why can't you just say it? Oh, I didn't realize this was jingling. sound like a cat. Is there anything else you'd like to say to share with the three Tennessee may not be
1: for you if? No, nothing I think of. I think we pretty much covered those three topics. Okay, dear, barbecue's ready.